Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Once again, if you're a Charger fan, no matter where you are, and already I've heard from Charger fans in San Diego, one in OKC, no matter where you are, I want your reaction. That's coming up momentarily. But as promised, we are joined right now by an NFL Network analyst, also an L.A. Chargers radio analyst and the co-host of Move the Sticks podcast, along with Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis. That, of course, is available wherever you get your podcasts. He also happens to be one of the best guys I know. He is Daniel Jeremiah, DJ. Appreciate you so much. And it's great to have you on. DJ, what's up? What is going on, Jim? It's great. It's great to be with you as always, man. And uh, it seems like there's a little juice, a little life in the sports world this morning. Oh, dude, no doubt, no doubt, especially in these parts. So, because you are a part of the Chargers radio broadcast team, you know I need your reaction to the team's decision to hire Jim Harbaugh, DJ. What is he going to bring to the Bolts, and how do you expect him to impact the culture of the entire franchise? Well, Jim, I feel like a lot of times these hires are made and you go, I think this guy will do this, or I think he'll do that. Like, there's things that you know with Jim Harbaugh. Like, you know they will be, in short order, a very tough physical team uh, that will continue to invest in the offense and defensive line. They're going to run the ball more. They're going to have kind of that tough physical identity. So you know that. Uh, you know he's going to bring a, a lot of energy and juice, enthusiasm, all that stuff. You know, th- that's coming. Um, and then the other thing you know is he's going to get them, you know, winning football games in, in relatively short order. He's he's done that everywhere he's been. And I I kind of laughed uh, when I heard some people saying, well, you know, the Chargers, their salary cap, you know, they're they're you know thirty five forty million bucks over the salary cap. I'm like, dude, this dude went to Stanford. Do you realize how bad Stanford was at that time and the restrictions of getting kids in school? And he called out USC and took them down in the same year. That is the truth. That, that was an amazing thing to see, and he's done it everywhere he's gone. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. You know, you talk about things that you know, things that you know. You also know that he's done stellar work with quarterbacks. We've seen this over and over again. Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, J.J. McCarthy this past year. In Justin Herbert, you already have a really, really good quarterback, but there's still room for improvement. How much is his addition going to mean to Justin Herbert? I think it'll be big, you know, and I think it's going to be different, though, than some people are talking about it. I think there's, you know, a lot of chatter about, okay, now he's going to be in the MVP discussion every year. Think about Herbert, you know, he's capable of throwing for 5,000 yards every year. That's not how Harbaugh does it, you know. Even when he had luck in college, he was the best player in the sport. Um, He wasn't throwing it 55 times a game. He was taking a lot of that pressure off of him by being able to run the ball, uh, by then being able to get, you know, be more efficient, get chunks in the pass game, having tight ends and backs that can provide some easy completions. I think you'll see a more efficient and an explosive version of Justin Herbert, but I don't know that you're going to see quite the volume that he's had in the past or maybe what some anticipate. We talked to Daniel Jeremiah, fair point. So, DJ, you've lived in Southern California for a long time. You understand the sporting landscape here. What does this big swing by the Spanos family represent in terms of making the Chargers more prominent in L.A.? Well, I think it's big, man. You know, first of all, like I, you know, I've grown up, as you know, in San Diego, and I've got a lot of uh, Charger fan friends uh, and family. And my phone blew up yesterday. They were very excited about it um, because the guy's just won everywhere he's gone. So he, he creates a buzz. Um, and I think when you're in Los Angeles in such a crowded environment, you've got to take swings, man. Like you can't blend. You know, blending in doesn't work in this market. So you've got to you've got to take your swings. I think he. You know, you got to win. It's a winner's town. If you don't win, it doesn't matter. 
but I think he will command some attention. He'll get some buzz. Um, you know, I think it was a move that was, you know, that was kind of a no brainer. And I think, you know, the other side of it is through this, you know, through this process, I'm not being a homer and saying this, but I feel like, you know, the, with ownership, with the chargers taking, you know, shots of like, ah, oh, they won't spend money. They're, they're cheap this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, I've, I've worked here, called their games for six years, and I've seen the contracts they've given to Herbert and Derwin James and Bosa and Keenan Allen and, you know, Corey Lindsley and all these guys. They've, they've paid out a ton of money. They just built a huge facility, uh, practice facility. It's going to be state-of-the-art, really, really nice. And then they went out into the top of the market on the coaching hire. So, you know, I think they've, they've done their best to kind of change that narrative around. I think that's true. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, so before you go, a few more things. Let's switch gears. Your first mock draft was released recently, meaning draft season's underway. I want to go back to that in a minute. But before then, DJ, go back to 2022. I'm curious, what was your evaluation of Brock Purdy coming out of Iowa State before he was taken by the Niners with the final pick? And where do you fall in that never-ending debate as to whether or not he is merely a system QB? Well, Jim, I release a top 150 uh, every year with the draft. And, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to put him on there because I want the 49ers to get a real steal, you know, a real value. So that's <laughs> right. the reason why I, uh, I omitted him. Good work by you. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a whiff. Uh, it was a whiff on that one. Um, I, you know, I thought he would be – if you went back and looked at my notes, I thought this is going to be a practice squad, you know, type guy who – after a few years, he maybe he gets in, maybe he starts a couple games here or there. Um, maybe, you know, the world is perfect and you get like a little Case Keenum magic, you know, in there somehow. But I in no way envisioned he would jump on the field and do what he's done. And, you know, from that standpoint, he's been incredible. Uh, he is a perfect fit for what they do there. You know, I think some of these discussions are kind of silly of like, well, what, do you, what would he do here? What would he do there? Is he, you know, where does he stack up in the league? I'm like, who cares? Like, he fits what the Niners need. And they want guys that make quick decisions and deliver the ball accurately, and they can take a heck of a lot of pressure off of them by the players they have and the scheme that they possess. So I don't, I don't think the Niners worry too much about how he would fit with the other teams, and, and neither does Brock Purdy. It's a really good match there. I like it. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. So you're so well-versed in the league and, in fact, how both of the rosters were constructed. So what about that NFC Championship matchup between the Lions and the Niners, DJ? How do you see that playing out? Well, I, I said earlier this year uh, to Buck, and we were doing our, our podcast, and I said, you know, I think maybe it was after the Chiefs game, after the Lions beat them, I said, you know, they've kind of built like the, like kind of like the JV version of the of the Niners. Like, there's so many similarities. The accurate, uh, good decision making quarterbacks. They each took like a big time pass rusher out of the Big Ten in the top five uh, with Bosa and then Aiden Hutchinson. They each have a big time tackle on Trent Williams and Panay Sewell. You've got rack monster receivers that are real physical and tough for both teams. They each have their Iowa tight end. You know, it kind of fits that role. Like, they've built the team. In some ways, I think everybody thought Brad Holmes coming from the Rams to the Lions was going to try and rebuild the Rams. It turns out Brad Holmes had a front row seat to the 49ers, and he ended up trying to rebuild the Niners instead of trying to rebuild the Rams. That is really, really interesting. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, so what about the draft itself? I'm guessing you probably didn't spend a ton of time going back and forth over whether or not to project the Bears taking Caleb Williams with that number one pick overall. Let me ask you about the USC quarterback. Do you see him, if there is such a thing, is he a can't-miss generational talent in your mind? Um. I, I, I will accept the last half of that statement in that I think he's a rare talent. The, the can't-miss thing, uh, Jim, it's just, man, it's, 
it's become so important of where you go and the and the support that you get, um, and and not only in players and scheme and, and consistency of, of of coaches and message and all that kind of stuff. So it's still even if you're the you know the best talent in the world, you're still going to be dependent on, on your environment to some degree. So I think he is an incredible talent. There's a couple bad habits he got into last year. You know, trying to do too much, not taking easy completion checkdowns. You know, your defense stinks. You got to score 50 points a game. Your offensive line's not very good. Um, I think those factors led to him slipping into some bad habits. But I've made the argument with him. You know, with the Bears right now, I would say you know Justin Fields is he got better and did a nice job. But he would be the fourth quarterback in that division, uh, assuming Kirk Cousins were back in Minnesota. I think if you take Caleb Williams, I'm not saying he's better than all those guys right now. I'm saying he's more talented than any of those guys in that mm. division. Interesting. So it's a matter of can you develop him and get it out of him. Right. And I think to your point, fit is everything. Listen, quickly, you've got North Carolina quarterback Drake May going to the Commanders at number two, followed by LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels going to the Pats at number three. Why do you give the slight edge to May over Daniels? Well, it's a, it's it's so early there. I've done my work on them. That's going to be a fascinating race. I mean, I have not. That's definitely in pencil, not in pen. Um, but you've got different strengths, different styles a little bit with these two guys. Uh, Drake May, you know, kind of prototypical um, on a year where C.J. Stroud was kind of that prototype, and you see, you know, how well he translated to the next level. I think Drake May is going to try and draft off of that a little bit. Uh, obviously didn't have the same support at Carolina that, that CJ had at Ohio State, but you can you can close your eyes and envision what he can be. Jaden Daniels just got better to the point he just had a monster year. I was talking to some folks that are working with him, and they're like, dude, this guy's going to run the four force as a quarterback. Hmm. He's a freak. Um, and, he is, uh, and he threw the ball extremely well. Now, he was playing behind a better line, throwing to better dudes uh, than Drake May, but that is going to be the debate, Jim. Uh, that is far from over, and I would not be surprised at all if it flipped um, by the time we get to the draft. But that's uh, that's what the next few months are for, to dig on these dudes. Fair. DJ, one last thought. What about Michael Penix Jr.? You don't have him landing in the first round after he went to the championship game. Is he, in your mind, not a first-round talent, or are you factoring in injury history? What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I always do these mocks, too, kind of off of, of what I'm hearing. Um, and I'll do my top 50 list and stack them how I grade them. But in terms of talking to people around the league, like there's – Everybody's kind of, I don't want to say holding your breath, but in wait and see. Let's see how the physical comes back. Um, there's just been a significant amount of injuries there. So, you know, you got to feel comfortable with that. And that's going to be the doctors that are going to inform that, you know, in terms of how high he goes. That's going to be a huge, huge part of it. Um, you know, had a huge semifinal game. Man, you almost wish that was his closing argument. Um, didn't go quite as well there in the championship game. But, uh, no, he's – I have him just outside the first round. Uh, you know, I think we've got a chance with six guys that could potentially find their way into the first round. He's one of those six. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at the Senior Bowl next week, man. He is an NFL Network analyst. He is also one of the co-hosts of the Move the Six podcast, along with Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis, former scout as well with the Ravens, the Browns, the Eagles, and frankly, one of the best guys ever. DJ, appreciate you so much, man. Great to have you on the show, Daniel. I appreciate it. When we put our heads together, we're getting this three-on-three tournament back, man. Let's go. You call it, dude. Let's go. Let's do it. We have to. We have to. Rooks DJ. ain't playing. Rooks ain't playing this time. That's not fair. <laughs> no ringers, man. I know, dude. I know. You got to let that go, man. You got to let that go. <laughs> DJ's Never. the best. He's talking about a three-on-three. We had a Rome basketball tournament in San Diego way back in the day. And Sean Rooks showed up and dominated. And everybody was like, not only were they not happy to see him, 
I'm like, hey, I thought you'd be happy to see a big-time player there. And I didn't know he was coming, by the way. And DJ was there. Not only were people not happy to see him, they were pissed and said, hey, Rome, hey, Rome, if I had known that, I would have brought Bill Walton. Hey, Rome, hey, Rome, if I had known that, I would have brought Steve Kerr. I didn't know we could do that. 